Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, and Harav Nissen. We look forward to creating a mental health awareness. And with Siat Deshmaya, we will be able to create that with your help of your calls. We always have three little requests. Number one is that we're aware that it's a family-appropriate program, that we've got children from the ages of eight and above listening, so please make sure your questions are appropriate. Along those lines, if you're under 18, just to please get your parents' permission to call. And sometimes when people call about questions for children under the age of eight, we have a difficulty answering them because they're usually how to, what do I do, and they're not an awareness-based. Along those same lines, we'd like everyone to be aware that while we appreciate the callers, once you ask your question, it's on air, and the question will not be removed. The number to call up, because we love getting the questions, callers, is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are looking forward to getting your questions and your comments. Again, the number to call up right now is 718-683-5858. All right, so let's go take that first text from this that you sent. And, of course, because it's a text, we're barely able to give information much, much better when you call up. So the number is, again, 718-683-5858. Hi, thanks so much for your show. My 17-year-old daughter suffers from phobias at night. There's no history of anxiety. Do you recommend going for help, or she'll outgrow it? And since we don't know anything, what sh how should I give an answer? Imagine you call up a heart doctor saying, this person's got chest pains. Should we go for help, or will they outgrow it? Who knows? Why take the risk? So, of course, I'll tell you go for therapy. But do I mean that? I don't know what's going on. If you would have, let's say, the ability to call up, we can understand what is your daughter's signs. What does it mean phobias at night? How long is it going on? How strong is it? There are other questions that we'd be able to ask. Just because you're saying there's no history, what does that mean, no history? Do they, did your daughter sleep, go to sleepaway camp? Does she go away to other friends? Was there any other stuff going on? So, again, please be aware that when you ask questions, do you recommend going for help? I don't know the story. I don't know the situation. Do people outgrow fears at certain levels? Possibly. Do I see lots of cases where they don't? Yes, I do. Now, do you want to take a risk that your daughter will be 18, 19, start Shaduchim at 20 or 19, 20, and then have strong phobias and then worried about stuff and then having to do six months to a year of therapy when you might have other children in Shaduchim or what do you say when everyone starts writing Shaduchim? So, again, I can't answer a question like that. So, again, we are looking forward to getting questions, callers prefer, or comments, 718-683-5858, Yes, uh, our text at 347-927-8398, uh, right now, uh, well, it seems like a quiet night. Right. Well, I find something pretty interesting. I'll discuss a little about a concept that I haven't heard much in the from world, and within the last week I heard twice about this, and that is talking about agoraphobia. 
Agoraphobia is someone smart, intelligent, could be everything, but they're afraid to leave the house. And being with today's technology, they can call up or fax or email today's days, which they've got a lot, or just going online and filling out a form, even the groceries. And they're getting whatever they need in the house, and they're barely leaving. They find other people to take to take the family if they ever need it, but they are not leaving their house. And I was surprised because I hear about it. I'm sure it would have to be in the from world. But within the last week, I probably have not heard much of it. All of a sudden, I've seen two cases. And the only reason why I can say it is they have not come to me in the office. Randomly, people approached me and asked me about it. So I found that very interesting. Harvinison, do you know people or realize people that are, let's put it this way, in a position where they don't want to leave the house? And we're not talking about a day or two. We're talking about a month or two. We're talking about if they have to leave, they barely leave, and they come right back. They want to make sure there's not too many people public. They just don't feel safe out of the house. Unfortunately, well, I, know, I know, I know. Wow. I know one, at least one. At least one. Yes. And they find so many different ways. And uh, the person that I spoke to, they asked me about it. They're really happy that they don't have to leave. And with today's technology, they're actually successful. Means they can run a business with what they're doing. People are coming to them, or they're able to do ever take care of everything. That level. Number two, what they're able to do as well is they were able to order everything, house goods, whatever is necessary. And whenever they said, if we're ever missing anything, we can always send our spouse, our husband or our wife. Yep, so that's interesting without knowing that, that in the same week, all of a sudden to get two people calling or asking about it. We are going okay. to uh, a caller. I see. I think we we'll, okay, Mrs. Oh. B. Mrs. B. Please uh, call us again. I don't know. Somehow, probably she got a phone call or something. Let's uh, oh, God, right now. Okay, good. So Mrs. B. will call again. The number to call up to ask your question is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. about these people, you know. So it's just it's it's very very strange to. You know, people that coming uh, and afraid to get out. You know, it's 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 scary. I would say very scary. But yeah. uh, I think that we have so many reasons about. But the main main reason it's that just uh, people are afraid to go outside. Yeah, it's a type of anxiety, and there's a fear, and there's all so much going on. Where we're bombarded by so much information, dangers, and different stuff out there that it affects our brain. Listening to all that news, especially if you're not sleeping, and if there are other stuff of anxiety or other issues going on there, smaller stuff, if it's not dealt with or taken care of, then it can explode. That's going back to that question again with that mother, let's say, asking about the 17-year-old daughter that has phobias. On one hand, of course, we don't have to make everything into a problem. If the girl's got some issues falling asleep, on the other hand, we also need to be aware that many times people go, they suffer from phobias at night, but there's no history. And then you speak to the person, you see there's a lot of history. 
there's grandparents, parents that have this issue. There's other issues leading up smaller, but now at 17, it got stronger. Yeah, 17 is still young. You don't need to have history at 17. 17 is young enough for it to start then. As you said, we got another text about it. It's a, I have a sister who doesn't yeah. like to leave. I have a sister who doesn't like leaving the house, but think it's social anxiety, no? <laughs> I, again, I can't answer that. I don't know. Social anxiety, you don't, what is social anxiety? <clears throat> Going to a car is not social anxiety. Going to a big place is social anxiety. Going into a store is not social anxiety. So each of these things to be aware, going outside is a diagnosis of its own. It's called agoraphobia, where people stay in the house. <clears throat> and again, looking forward for people to call up, ask the question, 718-683-5878. 718-683-5878. Mordechai, any recommendation to these people? Yes, there's Just a lot awareness. that gets done. Um, so let's start with, first part is, when you're dealing with agoraphobia, just like many other, let's say, phobias or anxieties that people have that's already holding you back, means you're not functioning. Even though they think they are, because we can order everything, we can shop, so they say, what's the big deal? You're not functioning. You're not. Just because you're smiling, but you know the fear when you got to go outside. That's not called functioning. Functioning means when you do all the regular behaviors that a healthy person does, but you're uncomfortable. When you stop doing healthy behaviors, like going out of the house, part of the therapy process will be exposure. means it will be getting you doing little stuff. First, stand outside the house for five minutes, go on the porch, whatever little behaviors it will be. But that's going to be part of it. We're going to be also identifying people do not develop fears like that. People do not develop concerns of leaving if there weren't other underlying issues going on. So, yes, there could have been that you weren't safe at certain times in your life. It's very possible that people hurt you, people made fun of you. It's possible there might have been an accident or not. There's also family. Here's where we go to attachment theories. Very important that when people are afraid to go out or be in certain public areas, we start looking as to how was your childhood and how was the safety about being, did you have someone protect you? And if you didn't have it, that's part of it where the safety later on might not be solid enough. So sometimes people can tell me, I was able to do it till I was 17, till I was 21, till I was 25. But then when you got older and there was more responsibility, think about weights. You're able to lift 10 pounds, you're able to lift 20 pounds, but it was on 30 pounds you can't lift. And what we help you recognize, identify from the therapy processes, that when you lifted five pounds, it was hard. When you lifted 10 pounds, it was hard, but you still pushed through. Now that's 30 pounds, it's so hard, and it's really hard. And now is when you can't do it, but really, we had it all along. 
So these are the concepts I'd like us to recognize about anxiety, about the phobias, and part of what we do with agoraphobia is, yes, you will start going out slowly. Here we got another message that someone sent me on, like, my message. Wow, thank you for naming my relative's behavior. She's afraid of leaving out to the public. Isn't this anxiety? Of course it's under anxiety, but you want to know which type it is, and this is called agoraphobia. Someone that is afraid to leave the house, they will stay in there, and they'll stay in there for weeks, and they'll always come up with different reasons why they're not leaving. So yes, this is called agoraphobia, and Baruch Hashem, it is workable. You can treat it, okay. but you need to treat it. Okay, my question to you as uh, as a parent, okay? Uh, yeah. that the parents listen to us and the kids, like, you know, like, like, 14, 15, starting to just basically show this, uh, phobia. What do you recommend it? There are a couple of things to do. Number one, we need to explain to this child, to this teenager, that stopping your behaviors gives in to it. And we need to start identifying what are you not safe about? Why are you not safe in the outside world? The outside world is a safe place, which means, of course, there are bad things that happen there. But there's also a safety. It means there's a safety when we drive the car, statistics-wise, and we know that it's safe. And yes, there are accidents, but even those accidents are minor or small. And yes, we always hear there is a tragedy with an accident, but that's even more rare than that. So what happens is the brain can feel safe in reality, that these accidents happen, but they're so infrequent that we're safe. That's how the brain works. For whatever reason, when someone has anxiety, their brain heightens the small percentage and it expands it. It grows it as if it's going to happen any second. Every time they're going out of the house, a car will hit them. Every time they go anywhere, something will happen. And our job is to explain to these teenagers, first step, if you're not a therapist, to make sure they continue going out. Once they stop the behaviors and they start slowing down, it gets worse. Next step is, again, what we do in the cognitive or the behavioral therapy, and that is we explain to them. You can have a thought. You can have feelings. And the logic can override the feelings. Just because you feel something doesn't mean it's real. The next step is you start having them identify what happened lately. Are you sleeping? Are there issues in school? Are there issues at home? What's happening that now you're not feeling safe? Many times you can have it's the midterm final times. They're not sleeping. There's a little bit of signs. They're afraid. A lot of it has to do with perfectionists. They expect so much of themselves. And because they expect it, they create pressure. Just that expectation will create a uh, pressure. Almost everyone that I've worked with that has had anxiety is a perfectionist. And that's a large part of the therapy, how to live life, appreciate life, live a successful life, happy life without being perfect. That is a large part of that, and we start identifying 
When you have to leave, where is expect, what's expected of you? Which stores do you have to go to? What's expected? How are you dressed? What's expected of you? How does your house have to look in order for you to leave? There's many of these underlying perfectionist thoughts out there. Or I'm going to meet this person. I don't want to meet them. I'm afraid they'll be better than me. Each of these issues are parts of what affects this agoraphobia. So since we don't know every person exactly what it is and what's their issue, what we do know is it could be many of these and we need to speak to them and as we connect with them, we get an idea. And that's why in therapy we never assume without asking. Okay, so uh, Mordecai will go to Mr. G. Let's go. Mr. G, and again, for those who would like to call up, the number is 718-683-5858, Yeah, hello. Yes, Shalom Aleichem, Mr. G. Yeah, Shalom Aleichem. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank you um, on your phone line. It's amazing. You are always listening me and my wife, and it's uh, just, you know, when always when there is some discussions and things to go to and think to, we always sometimes we have such a, like we say, let's think what uh, Mr. Rabbi Weinberg, uh, Mordechai Weinberg will say for such. So always when we have discussions and things, we always think how you would you suggest to to deal with it. So it's yeah. a part of our, your four lines are part of our life, Baruch Hashem. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank so, you um, so my much. My English is the first language, so I hope to get to the point as quickly as possible. So I'm walking in a moisture, and I started walking very slowly, and as, and I, Baruch Hashem, I built, I built um, very strong boundaries. Because, you know, when you walk in a moisture, it's always, it can be very hard because there's always politics and always parents involved in things and issues. But as the time um, goes, I, I, because my job is getting bigger and bigger, my position, I'm getting more and more things on my head. And I'm getting more involved in things regarding, for example, with parents' issues. And because I, I was always busy, that I uh, accepted that I'm working on Moses, but I always keep my boundaries very, very strong. But when recently, I was involved in a few um, issues with parents, and and uh, just because I, in my mind, I've got this, that I need to keep my boundaries very strong and not in being very positive and diplomatic, this this itself makes me very uh, anxious and gives me fears to to handle it. So, for example, this actually today it was that a parent called me that the boss of the school, the Manal, told me to call you regarding the wife is working in the school and she wants to get um, the, the the cash for the children free and. Uh, Another for another few things what customers could he wants to get free because his wife is working so hard. And I knew that the policy is that they have to pay. They have to pay and they and and there's nothing I can be Marata. And and for sure this this parent exact um specific this parent 
for a long time he didn't play this Rallonaut. And and I was like um and I told him on the phone that, that you know, this is the policy and there's nothing I can really do for you. And I was trying to keep myself very calm and, and, and normal, like like logic. And But he was like chasing, chasing me. And, the, and I ended up saying very, very um, loud that, you know, you're breaking my heart. You just I'm just working in the noises for you and for all the parents. And I'm, it's a schoolness. It's, we put so much effort in it. Okay, let's, just, let, let's stop a second. Let, let's hurt. go straight into it. I, I I hear several things in your point. I assume that when you said you work for the Maizid, that you are a Rebbe. That what I, I hear is you're now dealing with tuition and finances. They're very different fields. Yes. It's almost I'm like saying you're a life insurance salesman. You tell me that you're in sales. Or let's say you're telling me that people call you up and you're doing customer service, and then you explain that you're a life insurance salesman. It's like the hardest of all fields. Everyone mm. is going to complain. Or mm. trying to get to life insurance with someone to buy something, it's the hardest of all sales. If you sell shower doors, there's a person doing construction. They need to buy doors. The question is, will they buy from you or somewhere else? People, certain fields have a very hard time buying, and there's a huge resistance. Mm-hmm. So please understand that when you clarify in your question, you started at one point and we ended in a completely different mahalach. Anyone will tell you that the hardest part of the moisid is tuition, paying. Or mm-hmm. Everyone's got another reason why they shouldn't pay. Even the millionaires, many of them will find reasons why they shouldn't pay. Mm-hmm. So can we recognize that you asked... Now, how do you deal with the hardest job where everyone that calls you up wants reductions and you need to set boundaries and not to get affected? So Mm. certain moisters have instilled systems where you don't have one person alone to make the decision. You have three people. And if Mm -hmm. they want it, it's a vat of three people. So when you get your response, you get it to all three. This way not one person has to deal with it. Some people send it in the mail. There are lots of different systems, but if you're one person without experience, how do you mm-hmm. expect yourself? I just want you to be aware you're putting expectation on yourself that's not possible. I see. It's well, like you, you want to be a surgeon where people die, and you want to know, how do I tell someone I'm sorry during the surgery the person died? Uh-huh. When you, when everyone feels, just understand, it's a human nature, certain areas, like therapy, that therapists should really be free. What's the big deal? Just giving of your time. The same is about a moisture. Somehow there's government money. There's always money over there. Why do I have to pay? They're pocketing it. Someone's pocketing it. These are the mentalities. Or even if not, but if I don't pay, they'll get the money. You think I'm the only other person that doesn't pay? There are many people that don't pay. Mm-hmm. And if I fight and I get the okay, you see I won. There's a mentality to tuition that we don't have to pay. Uh-huh. So what so you say, I what? feel is that, yeah, did you say that I have to look, uh, that I have to break my boundaries. I have to accept that this is my position, this is my job. And this is I didn't happened. say that. Maybe yeah. you have to accept this should not be your okay. job. I'm not telling you what to do. All I'm telling you is that's what that position is. 
Mordechai, sorry, John. Yes, please, Rav Nesson. We, we had, we had uh, a few months ago some very similar about uh, a, a lady that called and she found herself in a very tight spot also. And we said basically that I changed the job. <laughs> you know, it's, if it's, I would say that the, the administration or the finance person in, in the Mossad, on any, any, uh, Mossad, especially in our yeshivot and, uh, schools, uh, are very unique persons. Um, <laughs> they, they have, they have a very different characteristic than you sound to me right now. Just I tell you the truth. And that's why, that's why your mother has said before that in these cases, it's better that you have a committee. And mm-hmm. the committee has to be the, the, a part of, of your agenda. You cannot just make the decision on your just uh, a good art and mm-hmm. feel to the person because uh, it's, it's not, it's not working like this. Either you change your profession, you change your mm-hmm. job to a rabbi or to, or to a person that, uh, give more chasadim. That's what, that's what I am observing from the side. Yeah, similar to this, I have a friend of mine, someone I got to know very well. I'm sorry, and he was in the yeshiva. Excuse me. He was a great rebbe. They wanted him to do principal. And instead, they said, since you're such a good mouthpiece, I want you to be a fundraiser for the yeshiva. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was a disaster. It means he was good, but he's an emotional feeling person. The minutes you call up someone, oh, we're raising money for the yeshiva, can I please have a meeting with you? Not now, I can't, it's hard. Also, you see, he's in shul, people are avoiding him. The people that are fundraisers have a certain natural ability, and they have a certain thick wall around them. If you're a very emotional person, you need to consider if that is the field that you can handle. Mm-hmm. We're still looking for one of them for Jared Radio. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh, I see. So all I'm saying is that you're ta- you've chosen a position that you need to know, is this your nature, is this your strength, and if it is, then get the, then speak to other moisters how they deal with it. Your issue that you're having is a normal issue. The thing is that, that it wasn't until now that I started to be involved. So maybe there is some uh, tricks, I don't know tricks, but I mean suggestions that I, how I should um, like keep the position like it's now and not go and get more on my head to, to deal I'd with like life. to clarify how difficult your question is. You use the word position. I have no idea what that position is. Again, are you a Rebbe? What are you? You're, sheer, you're asking me a question as if I know what you do. I have no idea what you do. I don't even know if it's a boys' school or a girls' school. I'm the accounts manager. Who are you? The accounts manager. What does accounts manager do? What is part of your job title? To make sure that all the finance of the school is on the, it's, it's being used on the right place and to keep the bookkeeping on the control. And it's more like normally, like the position is the eighth and the job is the eighth, is the eighth and like it's, it's not to be actually involved with parents, but when it comes uh, to Schalimet and things, what, what have to do with parents, 
it's also a part of like to ha- to make sure that things are go- goes right. So normally I'm not dealing with this all this stuff, but when it gets sometimes difficult and uh, in, in a, there, there is need need for another person to 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 make the decision, they are trying to get me involved. So what I'm thinking, maybe like they're asking they you to make the decision. It sounds like they're asking you to make the decision and execute the decision that you have to tell the person. That's very again? different. Tell me again. There is one thing to make a decision, mm-hmm. and there's another to execute to actually deliver the message. I I feel right now with what you're saying is you're in a job position. I think you need to sit down with someone, with your family or with yourself, and figure out what do you want to do, what don't you want to do. As you know, in big companies or in Moistus, the more a person's willing to do, the more people are willing to put on you. Mm-hmm. And you need to realize, are you fit for this job? If you are... Do you get training in it? Could you speak to another voice, the guy that's in the same position, and say, how do you do it? Well, I think it just I have to go back to my boundaries and decide what I want to do. Is this right? Yes. And be aware, is there enough time? Do you have extra time on your hands to do more roles or not? Remember, you're going to deal with a couple of parents that don't want to pay, and they're upset at you. How are you going to function on your main job? Mm-hmm. I see. I'm asking, how were you functioning on your main job? How, what do you mean, how I'm functioning? After this guy's all well, upset at you, how were you able to do the next day? How were you taking care of the accounts? Were you focused or were you hurt? Were you busy speaking to, during ta- work time? Were you speaking to other people? It's not fear. What should I have done differently? Are you starting now to spend time that you would have been doing accounts balances and making sure that the mason is putting the money in the right place when people want money that's going to the right places? Or mm-hmm. were you busy talking about how do I get the money out of this person? Or it's not right that they're so upset at me? I see. So this is ta- this is really ta- uh, what's happening, that I'm wasting my time, actually. You're not wasting your time. You're doing I mean, another I'm job. It's not wasting. I'm not doing what I really... That's right. And many job. times what people need to do is yes. Uh, I would say that there was one second. Whenever Treasury ministers, he doesn't deal with the sheriff, with the, uh, you know, the outside, out to, to collect the money. Your mm-hmm. job to make the... You make, your job is to, to organize the money, to, to organize the finance of the Moissad, and it's okay. But you don't have, you can tell that you, you, to the people over there, I am not the collectors. I, you have, you need a special collection agency, so do it. And you, you tell the parents, listen, I am just the person that running the, the, the finance of the show, but I'm not, I'm not the collecting, and I'm not the, the person that's in charge on this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because I'm the accounts manager, most of the rules, I'm actually, them. I'm putting them in place. Well, then don't. Get a committee. Get three mm-hmm. people that you explain it to them. I don't know if you have the shoulders for that. Mm-hmm. I'm a therapist. I'm like the director. But many times, many times, I discuss with the other therapists. 
This is what I'm. This is what I believe should happen. This is usually what we do. Do you believe it should remain in this case as well? And almost all the time they say yes, and sometimes they say no, and I hear why, and I work with them. That's why you do a committee. So it's all fear pressure. So if there is a committee, who is going to talk to the parents or, or to the staff or anything? That's again, I, I feel you want now an entire business structure to your field. I'm not doing that. What I am doing is I'm helping you be aware that this is what's necessary. What I'd recommend is your moisid, just like we see, I don't know in different countries how they have it, but at least in the United States, you see advertisements once a year teaching you how to do marketing for moisids, teaching you how to get structure. They have places where they'll do that for you. You speak to another moisid. How do you run it? I'm not someone that runs a moisid. All I can tell you is that it makes sense for this to knock you out. And it makes sense that you're doing one field, and then when you're telling the guy, hey, we don't have enough money, he says, oh, we need more money, then you go ahead and call. That's classic what they can do with a Mysid or in an unhealthy business where they shift everything on everyone. And a I think I get organization. I'm, I'm just like thinking too. Is I think I'm getting more the question on a therapeutic uh, uh, way of thinking. The thing is that when I'm getting involved in things what I shouldn't, or, or let's say I, I wouldn't want to, yeah, is, is it because because I am in the market and I'm the account manager? The the reason why I am I'm okay with talking to to parents and to. to discuss with them things is because I'm getting emotionally involved. This is what breaks my boundaries, actually. Okay. So my question will maybe change now, that how can I work on myself not to get so emotionally involved when... I don't know what's going on by you, so we don't do how-to questions here. What we could do is get the awareness that if you get too emotional in a place and mm-hmm. you want the place to succeed and you're not realizing you have your job, your role, mm-hmm. then as you see, you will not, not only will you not be doing the other one's role well, you won't even be doing your role well. That is the awareness that we created. How you should create the difference. I don't know who's pushing you or who shifts it on to you. I don't know what emotional expectation you feel. I don't know if there's emotional manipulation, like if you could get the accounts there, we'll give you a raise. And if it wasn't written down, very likely you won't get the raise. There's so much going on all over. And this isn't just because it's a mindset. It's just when people ask you to go out of your realm, out of your expertise, it's generally not healthy. Mm-hmm. Unless it's clear why. And it's not a shame to say, I don't want to be involved with this. It's not my profession. Right. I profession the right. CPA. I know what I want. That's it. I don't think that's that right. it's... I am not collect. I'm not funds collection. Uh, it's a very different department. Mm-hmm. In most Meeting of the Mossadot here... In most yeah. of the, yeah, sorry. In most of the Mossadot here in Brooklyn, they have mm-hmm. a special uh, committee that dealing with the parents... And the the finance department is totally different. You know, it's this this state of you have a committee that dealing with the uh, uh, you know the tuition problem and tuition uh, discount and stuff like this. 
and this is the total nothing to do with the with the the you know the manager of the of the finance yeah they make you fill out all these forms literally to what car do you have and how often do you do you fill up your gas tank and what do you have for suppers and do you serve chicken or meat they go almost into your kishkas but that's the way many of them do it and then there's a committee that reviews it and then they get back to you and yes there is a person that has to give you the yes or no And that guy is either the head of the entire finances or it's someone else that they have to take care of it, however they structure it. But that person is aware that that's his job because that's from the hardest jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. Yeah. And I just want to remind everyone the number to call up to ask their question is 718-683-683. 5858 and I want to thank you thank for you. your question thank you very 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 much you're and welcome we'll go to Mrs. L Mrs. L hi you're on with Mordechai and Ramnison yes um, I spoke to you a long while ago um, I had the issue of my health and that I was walking almost three years that I need a cane outside um, for the most part And sure, I remember I'm, your question. And you were discussing when you go to weddings or simchas and right. people are okay. making comments. So I, wanted to tell you, I wanted to tell you more that I came a long way and I feel a whole lot better. But um, I still need it for my safety. I, don't always, I need it for the outdoor purpose of walking. But on some people that are not understanding to this, it may, still make me feel bad. And I, I don't... Even though I came more so-so and I understand that I need it and it's not a, for beauty or fashion, but on those people that don't understand, I'm trying to, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more my safety issue. I, I don't know how to um, deal with it. I got a question. The more you listen to the world outside, there's the famous story with the Benish Chai that everyone quotes it all over, but I saw it from the Benish Chai of this father and a son that was walking together, and the father was carrying the son, and then the fa- and, or they else had an animal, so then the walking, and the son said, you're carrying your son, you have the donkey, let the donkey carry their son. So then they're walking, and the donkey's carrying the son. And then the, other per- then the next person says, the donkey is carrying the son, don't you see the donkey is so tired? The, or, or don't you, sorry, the other way, the donkey is carrying the son, the donkey should be carrying the father, let the son walk. So then the, father sits down and the son is walking and then a little further they go along the thing and so says don't you have pity on this donkey this donkey was carrying the father it was carrying the son don't you guys think you should be carrying it and then next thing you know they're trying to carry the donkey and they're both exhausted and so says look at this these people own a donkey because the donkey is meant to carry them and they're the ones carrying that and then the point is that if you're busy listening to the whole world You won't be doing anything ever right. One minute. Right. So the question would be for you, what can you do to get yourself stronger that the world I need to be a little, I feel like I'm very, I'm, very um, I'm proud of myself that I came a long way and I, more out, I'm going out more, I'm doing I'm more. And even when I went to a big stim call yesterday, I still went. And I just, once in a while I get, I get, upset from what they're telling me it's hurtful because they should be more empathetic especially when it comes to a family member it's not like i'm not it's not a fashion it's more from my my um my feet that i'm using it good so for
first you create the awareness for people that when you speak to a person that has a cane or some other disability, not to question or just to say, wow, I'm so proud of you, or it's so nice to see you, and not to discuss the cane. Right. And for you to realize that it's normal, if you're strong, sometimes to have doubt. Like at yesterday, I only got it when I went to the sim car, only a nice word that, you know, how I, they were happy to see me and it looked so nice. And, you know, that's, that's encouraging. You know, that, that's what I wanted to hear. So yeah, that was a weakness came. So when you're looking to others for chizuk, you're not going to get it. It's got to come from yourself. Okay. Um, also, I have one of my kids. A lot. I feel that she gets like agitated when I tell, like, talk to her, like when I say something or like you know. I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm stating a matter of fact. I'm not doing anything wrong, and she gets like, agitated when I say something. So I get a, I get, it's upsetting. Do you notice a pattern? Uh, what, What's the pattern what, of your of your first and second question? Uh, what's what's my pattern of the question about somebody uh, that made me feel yeah. bad? Or no? Yes. That mm-hmm. others you're giving others the power over you, and in therapy mm-hmm. you can be taught how others may have their thoughts. And you're allowed to have yours. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if someone thinks different than you. Okay. So, and so they're allowed any... to. And that's the beauty of a democracy. And that's the beauty that Hashem has created, unique people, that every single person will be different. And Hashem so, wants on, everyone to think differently. So on any comment, either I could... Um... I could I could ignore it, or I could say say something. Or you could just allow them. That's their opinion. Doesn't have to be yours. Uh, and they would say that's their problem, not mine. That's what I. Yes, well, I that's say. their opinion. It's not my problem. It's theirs. That's right. And then it won't get in you. From this, what do you say? Yes. Uh... I would say that, uh, really, we said in Hebrew, siyag la chokhmashtika. You know, you know I, try, I do, I try and, to be and, silent. So, but but you, you're, inside, you're inside burning yourself, you know. We're talking about what you practice inside yourself. And practice, you know, just basically, I need it. It's my problem. It's my issue. It's not nobody's issue. I don't care about, you know, and just repeat it to yourself. Repeat as if, you know, and maybe, maybe but just, you know, take the, the you know, whatever people telling you, telling you, just nod in the head, yes, and continue and with a big smile. Nothing happened, you know, and you will work on about it. And I think that this is, will be just uh, the best solution, in my opinion, right now. Yes, I definitely came a long way from before. Okay, so you work... I thought there may be a little more to go. I want to tell you something. This I so I, I spoke about it last week and I spoke about I saw a very nice clip on a video on the it's what you practice. If you practice to be worried, you will be worried. You will be so good in being worried that everything will bore you, you know? Even the things that they don't uh, don't have. And you practice to be a, to be a embarrassed with other people, everything will embarrass. Just the people look at you and you say, oh, why are you looking at me? Why they said so? They were probably talking about me. No, yes, 
Just practice to be yourself. Okay. Thank you Excellent. so much. You're welcome. And remember, everyone. And I still, will, and I still yeah. give so many, um, my in my good points that I give so many people chizuk. There's, there's so many people that I give happiness to. That's what makes me happy. Yeah, great. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, but that I still the feel just going of, out there the and the danger mm-hmm. of feeling good by helping others means the danger of that is. But if others don't want your good or don't like what you're doing, then or they, they can don't knock appreciate you down. it. They don't appreciate what I do. That's right. Or the then good you're stuck that in them. That's the danger. That's why we don't want our self-esteem dependent on doing to others. We needed what we are doing. So I want to continue good, what I'm doing give. now. Give is by saying to Hillam as well. I do. Great. So we look at it that way. You can give to others, and give does not have to be by actually giving them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Good night. You thank too. You're welcome. Okay. We will go to uh, Mrs. Mrs. W. Mrs. W. Hi. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harab Nissen. Hi. Good evening. How are you? Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. I wanted to thanks. I wanted to ask you like this. Someone I'm very close to has um, certain like um, tendencies of personality disorder, not you know full blown. And she oh, went ahead. I didn't hear you. You know someone she has that has certain um, tendencies, tendencies of, or I don't know the word to use. Yeah, like you know certain characteristics of personality disorder, and they. This person has been, Can we um, change the words? Can we change it from personality disorders to just complicated person? Sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's the just say they're a complicated person. I, I'd rather. Sure. I'm trying to tone yeah. down diagnosis of people, and if they don't meet the full criteria, let's just call they're a complicated That's person. That's why I said characteristics. I didn't say that they I have. Know that. It, I know. I so. know. No, no. This is for me and yeah. for everyone listening. I don't sure. want us using clinical terms for situations that aren't diagnosable. So I like using regular terms. They're a complicated sure. person or a complicated relationship. Sure. Anyway, yeah. the person went on to help themselves and took DBT. And one thing that I'm having a little... Now, I myself didn't take DBT. I, it could be something I will do in the future, but right now I haven't taken it. The only thing that I'm finding... Now, really, on the whole, I, I really repeat this to a lot of people, I'm finding a tremendous improvement in, you know, my relationship with this person and with their relationship I see with other people. It's fantastic. The, the DBT worked really unbelievably well. My only question that I had on it was I find that any time I'll have an interaction with this person and I get a little bit emotional, like excitable, let's say. Now, sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes maybe I'm losing myself. But sometimes I'm just going to, you know, I'm just more emotional. She tells me, Stop. That's not the way, you know, that's not the way DBT does it. And my question is, does DBT um, not allow for any emotion at all? Of course not. There's appropriate emotion. Right. You think there is a, so what is appropriate? How do you figure out what's like appropriate emotion and what's you know, now you ask a very specific person. There's no way for no way for me to know what's going on by you and your relationship. Mm-hmm. But a person Which is means, wet, like. Let me yeah. be blunt. Maybe you are much healthier than this other person, but you're still not that healthy. And now that that person's getting healthier, they're starting to pull, put you in in your check and in, in where where you should be. 
And while mm-hmm. you like seeing the changes in them, you don't like when you see it in yourself. Mm-hmm. I'll so, share so with you, someone DBT has done allowed- a couple of months ago, like a DBT on me, I should say maybe a year ago, a, a concept, and I accepted it. I don't remember where exactly it was, but someone questioned what I did. And mm. or what I said, and I sort of, and it was like on my phone line. So I said, you know, I said this and this, and I was attacked. And this was a client that we did not accept originally into the center. We sent them to DBT, and they've come back. But that person responded and said, Mr. Weinberger, the person questioned you and disagreed with your method. They didn't attack you. Attack mm. is when they're yelling at you and saying you're bad or they're saying they're going to hurt you. And that is one of the DBT, or the cognitive behavioral therapy methods, of listening to words that you're using and translating the words. And since then, I've really changed it. I realized, wow, when someone's mm-hmm. disagreeing with me, they're not attacking me. They're disagreeing. If someone mm-hmm. says, I'm not a good therapist, so they're sharing their opinion. It's still not attacking me. It's still not coming at me with a gun or a knife. And I wonder if by you, you might be healthy, but in this one area, you get more emotional, and now they're having you be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Just my question really is, does DBT allow for emotion? So, DBT balance, allows right? for it's... appropriate emotion. That's how they help mm-hmm. you. You can't mm-hmm. choke emotions. That's the problem. When people are learning DBT, they weren't taught what's the appropriate emotion. They're taught either no emotion or then it explodes to dysregulation. DBT teaches you what is the appropriate level of emotion. How do you identify the emotion? Is this the appropriate time of the emotion? And they teach you how to even be in the feelings and not express it until it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely a very cognitive and behavioral place, but there's a time and a place and the intensity and the perception. Mm-hmm. And so I it's see it's a little bit important to con- if I want to continue my relationship with this person. I see that it might be important for me to, you know, not I, I didn't realize that I need DBT, but maybe you know it would be important for me to learn it. Possibly. You know. Or it's also possible the other way, that this person's so proud, and now they're turning into therapists and telling you what to do, and that's not healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. I speak to many people. Even when we do this program, I can hear a lot of underlying issues, but mm-hmm. we're on air. It's not appropriate for me to do that or to share mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. many times, sometimes when people start the therapy process, now they think they're experts all over, and they're not. Uh-huh. And part mm-hmm. of when you become therapist, they teach us to be mindful, to be go where the client's at. Is it appropriate? Is now the time? Is it not the time? Should you say it? Should we wait several months till the person's ready enough to hear it and to work on it? And she is now so proud. And now this person, I could correct my mother, my brother, my sister, my cousins. No, that's part right. of it. Don't correct mm-hmm. people. They didn't ask you. And they teach you in a correct way of speaking. When we are speaking, your emotions are too intense. It's affecting me. Can we please continue the conversation on a calmer level? Okay. So I don't even know the full story as to what's happening. Yeah, no, I I think she is a little bit telling me sometimes what you just told me. And maybe I'm just not comfortable with it because... I don't like to be criticized, maybe. That's right. You can tell me that. (laughs) That's the point. 
tell me, you know, this is not an appropriate response now. Why don't you just answer me in a calm way? Like, let's say I don't want to discuss this now, or can we, you know... That's what she will tell you? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, then, so tell me, and then so tell me and you what can I tell do. her, I don't like when you tell that to me. And then she can tell you, well, then we need to set boundaries in our relationship because I cannot speak or I don't want to speak or keep a relationship when I don't know how your response is going to be. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what DBT teaches you, how to interact mm-hmm. with people, how to set your boundaries, recognize what's affecting you. And to allow people to make their choices, there's something called radical acceptance, where we can accept where people say, no, I want to yell, I want to scream, I can respect that's your reality, but I can also set the limits. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's really so, yes, if you get heated up and you get excited, you still have the choice to say, I really don't want to be, get involved in that. Mm-hmm. You can share all your all your theories emotionally with someone else. With me, I need a tone, an energy level, let's say a tone level from four, from one or from two to five. Anything above a five is too much for me. And she might set up the boundary saying, you could continue, I'm going to hang up now. Say, I appreciate mm-hmm. the conversation till now. The tone level just went too high. Have a great day, and we'll speak tomorrow, Mr. Shem. Mm-hmm. She has that okay, right yeah, to do I, that. I think it's fantastic. It is life-transforming, the CBT. I, I, I saw it in front of my very own eyes. It's, it's really, you know, I recommend it to people who, who could use it. It's really unbelievable. Yes. Okay, can Thank I ask you, you one more thing? Go ahead. Reminiscent, okay, what I do did... you say to this, Reminiscent? Yeah. Hold on. Let's, I want to hear, Reminiscent, what do you say to this? Sure. I, I am not the professional. <laughs> you are the professional. Okay. Definitely. All right, fine. So what's your next question? Okay, I don't, it's a little bit of a house, so you might not want to answer it. I'm just wondering, um, as my children grow into adults before they're married, um, teenagers and, and, you know, younger 20s, how do, um, how do I figure out how to shift, like, which responsibilities I'm responsible for, or if the children, you know, even in their 20s want me home at night or... Like, what are my responsibilities to them? How, how do I how do I figure that out? Like, you know. I think this question is really individual based, and you need to speak to either with them or to what other people your age are doing. Mm-hmm. So you ask them, my kid wanted this. Does your kid have that? There are certain ages where certain people want certain things. And you go, oh, right, yeah, but as we a parent, had this what is still our responsibility to adult children? That's really, I guess, what I'm asking. Let me ask it differently. Are, the minute they become 18 and they're adults, did you lose your title, mother? No. Exactly. And the minute your kid becomes from 2 years old to 10 years old, let's say, and now they're in school most of the day, does that mean you lost your title, mother? No. All right. So what changes mm-hmm. is at each age... You look at what's first the norm of that age, and then you individualize, does this kid need it? Does this kid need something a little more? And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I, I would say this, this sorry, that I, now I'm, I can say that this Go is very ahead. important. I think that, first of all, as a parent, we are copy-paste of our parents, trying to be, you know, to know if, if our other parents, and looking around the environment, learning Learning and learning because nobody teaches us in the yeshiva or in the school how to be a mother or father. 
or a husband and wife. This is something that it's, we, we have the chance as a Jewish people to learn it. And that's why we have parenthood uh, workshop and all the other, all the awareness stuff. But you have to all the time to examine yourself and see. And I would say that, uh, we're talking about so many times on this, on this show and the radio all the time, love and caring and what do you call it? Echpatniuk in, 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 said it, said you just care about your children, show them. Not, not all the parents are professors and doctors and psychiatrists and therapists. We are simple people. But we, in the way of showing our children love and warm and caring, our children grow up together, healthy and and good human creatures. We don't we don't try to make a check in our list what we did today, and did I say hello to my son? I guess I'm talking more about responsibilities. If something was not left in the house, let's say we run out of something, isn't it like why shouldn't a, a child in their 20s be telling me? Well, why didn't you buy it? Shouldn't that be like don't certain responsibilities? Especially, I I only have now adult children in the house. I don't have young children, so I'm not, you know, keeping up on top of every last thing. Why is that my response? Like, shouldn't that be something that's their responsibility? Well, did you teach them and train them? <laughs> in other words, if you did everything till now, why should it change? Because you wanted to. Anything in business, anything in life, has to be trained and taught. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that the, the most important one in this case, it's very important. The word trust. You build a trust mm-hmm. with your children. And yes, after uh, when your child can be 30 and 40 and 20 and 12, you will be his best friend and his best mom. And he will talk with you and, uh, and tell you or tell you exactly what he has in mind and stuff. This is a trust and love. That he knows and she knows that you care about them and not just from the, you know, from the mouth to the, to, to the ear, from the heart to the ear. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wondering if it's, if, if it's healthy, if it's okay to have them, you know, if they drive and they have cars to be responsible for certain things, you know, I don't want to always have to take the blame when they're adult children. So again, I feel you're asking a theory question and you're missing the practical answer. Practical is you need to change, you need to treat it, teach it. Mm -hmm. You want something done, you have to teach them how to be responsible. You taught them how to tie their shoes, you taught them how to button a shirt. Now you need to teach them that now you're this age, this and this is your responsibility. If I take care of it by this time, good. If not, you have to take care of it. It needs to be trained and taught. Mm-hmm. There are people, you want to learn to be a lawyer, you got to go to school to learn that. You want to be a doctor, you got to go to school to learn that. But is it appropriate? Meaning, is it okay to shift? I mean, I guess it is. Well, I'm the same way you shift responsibility. I guess I'm just... Not used to this age children around, you know, it's, a, it's newer for me as, you know, when, when kids are younger, it's automatic. You know what, mom, you know what they mom, need and they can't. Mom, I will tell you just, yeah. I just saw it inter- interrupt you. Be a mom and don't be a pro- professor. Really, be a mom. Don't be a okay. professor. Try to do what is, it's just simple words, you know. I, I would say that you don't try to, to, to manipulate you, your way out to ditch with your children. Oh, whatever, Tosford and Rashi, all this, I don't know. Be a mom, simple mom. Practice okay. it. 
Sounds good. Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate this. You're thank you. so welcome. Thank you. Okay, okay we'll go to, uh, we go to, uh, what do you call it, um, Mrs. D. Uh, she's patiently waiting, so. Good, let us go to Mrs. D. Hello. Yes. Yes, yeah, hello. hello. First of all, thank you so much for your program. I really enjoy listening to it on a regular You're basis. Welcome. And I'm a little bit shy to ask my question on the air, but I want to ask anyways. Um, I wanted to understand a little bit about schizophrenia. Um, I grew Ooh, up with a difficult so family member. To mention that. Yeah, I grew but up with a difficult something... family member. And I'm married a few years now. This family member only admitted now to me that this family member has schizophrenia. And I wanted to understand a little bit. And I want to know if medicine helps at all. And, like, I, I just want to gain a little bit of understanding. Okay. So this is, you are very, very brave for bringing up this topic. Most people, I probably this is the first time ever that maybe we're on air that's being brought up, or maybe a second time. I can remember something. Okay, so let's thanks. understand a little what schizophrenic schizophrenia is. Schizophrenia is a part of the brain that is having some major problems. Schizophrenic, schizophrenia usually starts developing at 18. Now, let's just understand what schizophrenia is. It's when the brain starts recognizing, starts thinking differently. But differently means there could be delusions. Start having ideas of people chasing them, people spying on them. They have certain powers. Similar, they can have hallucinations. They can see things, hear things. They can have conversations with people in their mind. In my internship, I worked on someone that was schizophrenic, and he would almost like be telling me conversations he's having with this, and I don't use the word other him, with just voices that he's hearing. And sometimes they think it's Mashiach, sometimes they think it's a Maloch. Part of what can be schizophrenia is that the brain has a disordered way of thinking. So imagine I'm talking to you. I appreciate your conversation about schizophrenia. And you know, OCD, and when we're talking about my cousin Schmerl, and when we're going to Eretz together, we met in Florida three days before that. All of a sudden there's loose thinking. There's no attachment from the beginning of the sentence to the end or the way of their thinking. It's a disordered thinking and speaking. Uh-huh. And the same and how, as how with, does a person like this look like a medicine? Like, I want to understand yeah, if it's this possible. Happens to, just like we said in the past, personality disorders medication does very little. Uh-huh. For, for schizophrenia, the entire part, I don't want to say the entire, 90% of the therapy is medication, which means it can stop. There are medications that can stop the process, I don't use the word stop, slow down, and in some cases stop the process of the schizophrenia escalating. The problem is, again, and I'm so glad you're bringing it up, in our from world, very few people want to run to the doctor and deal with it. The medications, when they're on it, is stronger. means, you know when people are sometimes afraid of someone, you see the hands shake, or sometimes their, let's say, mouth could be drooping and things like that? 
that's when, unfortunately, people have these more severe diagnoses like schizophrenia, but they didn't deal with it. So there are medications that can slow it down or prevent it, and there's therapy that we do where we teach them how to ignore those voices. With medication, it can quiet it down. I know someone that has schizophrenia, and on medication, it was too high. It was affecting them. They were sleeping too long. On the other hand, they were able to lower the medication, and with therapy, we were able to help them to fight the thoughts and to be functioning. But people usually, when there's schizophrenia, the brain develops. This really happens from 18 to 27. That's when it starts, and people go, this person is so healthy, what just happened? Doesn't matter what happened. Quickly, you run to medication. When people wait a year or two, then the medication, then they're already so stuck in it, they already believe those voices. They believe that they're, they're disorganized thinking. They think this is normal. It's so much harder to heal and to help. And many times we hide them. We don't bring them to simchas. And we're not acknowledging it, not dealing with it because they're sounding funny, they're talking funny, or they don't want to go because people are looking at them and laughing at them, or people are having conspiracies against them. And we need to change that. Medication can help. Um, this family member told me that he's on medication, like, since age around 20 or something. And I always thought that he probably has, like, BPT or something, the way he acts and, like, does things. This has anything to do with the schizophrenia? It's a separate thing? People can unfortunately have different diagnoses. Uh. And yes, sometimes you can have a person to have schizoaffective disorder, which is schizophrenia, and a mood, st and, and, uh, and a mood, st and a mood issue, uh, like a bipolar. And sometimes you can also have schizoaffective personality disorder, where you can have all three. I know never someone that had all three had schizophrenia. They thought that they're cloning them. They had an infection, and they believe that the government's going into their house and cloning them, yeah. taking their DNA and, and cloning them. That's the schizophrenic part. They yeah. were severely depressed. There was really a bipolar. They were depressed that they were sleeping sometimes 17 hours out of the day for weeks, wouldn't leave their house. And they had the, the personality disorder. They had a borderline symptoms. They refuse to go for help. They're challenging everything. Wow, it really it makes me understand a lot of what happened when I was growing up with this um, family member. I really appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. And I read this family member used to blame me all crazy things that like wasn't even true or whatever. Like, it was very hard. But um, I, I guess I'm getting some understanding now. I'm also older and more mature. I'm able to understand why this family yes, member was asking we've never gotten questions about schizophrenia, and it is that important. Unfortunately, I didn't even know the family member has schizophrenia. He, yes, he said all other lies. And if anything, we start calling it bipolar. It's not. Schizophrenia and bipolar are very, very different. They might have a little similarities that when the person is manic and is high and the bipolar that they can sound funny, but the schizophrenia, they're believing it so much more. They're, they're in it. It's, it's very different than bipolar. They're living uh, another person. Yeah. And I want you to know I'm proud that you called up and you asked about it because we've gotten maybe since we're on maybe two questions ever about it. Maybe. And it is out there in cholesterol. I hear about it. I get those emergency calls. These are the ones that are rushed. 
many times to the hospitals, and the parents are still in denial. Do they need to be on medication? Don't they need to be on medication? Look how high the medication is, the person sleeping so long, and the answer is, unfortunately, you waited too late. Yes, you need serious medication for schizophrenia if you're not dealing with it when it starts. Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I am so glad that you waited on the line and they clarified. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Welcome. Mordechai. Yes. You want to just say a few, two texts that just a few things. Go ahead. Okay, so one about the 19 years old single. I don't okay, know if... let's see there. Hi, thank you for your line. I'm a 19-year-old single, and I feel like I'm old enough not to be ruled by step-by-step step of my life. Do you think I'm right? Or as a kid, which is still under parents, I'm obliged. This is still the, my way, my life, my way, me life. Thanks for answering. So I'm going to take a short version of this, and i let you do the long version. The short version is you're 19 years old and you're supposed to be individual and be able to make your rules and make your decisions. The other side is you're living in a house. You're part of a family. Learn to stick to rules. A family's got rules. Now, if it's too controlling, I don't know if what your parents are requesting is too controlling. Then you go to a rubber Rebbitson or an aunt and uncle or grandparents and you work it out. Or you discuss it with them directly. On the other hand, it's very likely 19-year-olds, this generation, I want to do what I want, I'll come when I want, I'll go what I want, and your parents are still taking care and still paying for stuff, and yes, they have a right. So just an example, it could be 19-year-olds saying, I want to come home 2 in the morning. No. If you're still by your parents' house, they have a right to say, I want normal hours. You're by us, you're going to function like a normal person. You'll be home by 10 o'clock, by 11 o'clock. Of course you go out with your friends. There's a wedding once a week or something. But every night, yes, parents have the right and the responsibility for you to be functioning. So when people ask these general questions, I can't answer that. So the answer is, yes, you have the right to do your own thing. No certain cases, you don't have the right. It means you're not healthy, and sometimes it could be possibly, and then it's possibly. You say you said everything, you know, <laughs> it's a long one. I would definitely, definitely as, as a parent and as a teenager, remember teenagers, we're always thinking that we are smarter than our parents. We know better. This is, this is the nature of Kadosh Baruch who created us. So I know, I know the feeling that, uh, what, what teenagers thinking about it. But as, as you say, Ramon we have, we have kind of, uh, um, I would say ba- uh, boundary and fences and, even just the gratitude to our parents that keep us us in the house, in the warm, give us food, the mother cooking and everything. It's so you you have to respect it and give them the the, the right. I you know you live in an, in a society. Definitely, when you go to the army, for example, and talking about eighteen years old boy or girl, go to the army, and suddenly. A, a eighteen and a half years old uh, person standing in front of you, give you command, and you definitely hate it. You know, you you cannot stand this person because it gives you some kind of crazy stuff. But you listen. This is uh, what is discipline, and something that you we have to to always put in our back mind that uh, that we are in a, in a parents' territory. 
and there are the kind kind of rulers. Definitely, if you have issue with the parents and you want to go all the way to the other side, yes, consult rabbi, consult somebody else. You know, being you have problem with as Ramadan, I say maybe uncle, aunt, you know, uh, all the sibling, but working about it. And I, this is the, the I would say the golden way to keep your life and. You know, don't think that you you want to do whatever you want in this age. It will be revenge you later. So think about it also. Yep, thank you. Okay. All right, I think we'll stop now. Yes. Okay, thank you very much to our dear listeners and to all of you. And Ramada yes, Hatodaba. Thank you. And thank you all for calling up. We appreciate the callers. Once we got that one caller, everyone calls. So I always appreciate that first caller and each and every person that calls. Hatzlacha and have a wonderful evening. Amen. Thank you.